If it's not one thing, it's your mother. Sigmund Freud Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of Emetophobia Help. We're getting down there. Um, only a couple more episodes this season, and then I'll be taking July and August off, and next season is going to be really special um, starting in September again. Well, I'm Anna Christie from Vancouver, Canada, recovered emetophobic licensed psychotherapist specializing in emetophobia and your host for this podcast. And today, my guest is Alex. Trigger warnings for this episode are words such as sick, nauseous, violently ill. Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I didn't ask where you were from yet. I Whereabouts are you? I'm from Wisconsin, Plover, the northern part oh. of Wisconsin, or the central Wisconsin. That's nice. It looks nice there. You're outside. Yeah, yeah it's Beautiful. 75 right now. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's a good. I think we're at um, about the same here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're in we're in Celsius, so we're at we're at 22 uh, or 2023, something like that. People in Okay. Canada and the UK. Well, actually, every other country in the world except for America. Except for the United has, States. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get with the picture, I think. Well, I don't know if you can ever. It would be so expensive for you guys to change over because you got such a big country of like so many people. And I can't, I think that it's, I think you're stuck with your imperial measurements now. But <laughs> probably. <laughs> Um, so why don't you, um, tell us a little bit about your metaphobia, like when it started and, and kind of what, what, what it was like for you growing up. Sure. I mean, I've had this as long as I can remember and I can't even remember a time when I didn't have it. So it runs in the family. My mom's got it too, as I had said before to you previously in I think in one of the surveys or something, but mm -hmm. I remember, I think even being definitely elementary school and just being afraid that I was going to get sick like all the time. And my sisters were preemies and they were sick all the time, always sick. Mm -hmm. So it was always like, mm -hmm. okay, they're sick. So now I'm going to get sick. And then my mom always freaked out when they were sick, I think because they were preemies and so pretty much been dealing with it for forever and now I've got my own kids and <laughs> it's definitely hard when they get sick. I usually tell my husband, okay, you're going to have to take care of them, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. good at managing it. It's just not super fun. Right. And you've got a lot of kids too. You were yes. telling me. So. I have four kids. And they're under seven years old. That's, um. Yeah, that's a lot of kids. Um, yep, and so they can't take care of themselves when they're sick right now. <laughs> not yet. No, no, not not most of them. Uh, you have some hope with the seven-year-old, but even so, your seven-year-old's going to want mummy. They always want mummy, don't they? Yeah, too, he does pretty sick. well, though. The last yeah. time he was super sick oh, would have been like last May-ish, I think, and he took care of himself. He came down the next day and said, yeah, mom, I threw up last night couple times. I'm good. 
So that was one of my fears was my kids catching it from catching the same fear for me because my mom has it too. And so for the fact that he was so relaxed about it made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's, I mean, I had three kids, three's a lot too. I mean, I think once you get past two, it, it's just a zoo in your house and it doesn't really matter if you have a fourth one. I, I probably could have had a fourth one oh, easily yeah. as well. Yep. They say any even... kid after three or after, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it's after three. Cause you go from man to man defense to zone defense for those sports fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah. You have like one kid each when you've got two, you know, kind yep. of like that you can, and then it's just a, they just run in circles. Why does every house have a way for kids to run in a circle? You know, oh, what I always mean? Like they, around. And around our bedroom the... has that. It's like our bedroom where it's located. We kind of have a I think it's a quad level house. And so our bedroom area and our bathroom, it makes this giant circle. And they like to just oh, no. run in circles around mm-hmm. our bedroom and bathroom and just run and run and run. <laughs> like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And they're all well, trying to come out here right now. <laughs> it's good. Sometimes it's good to kind of get them, you know. The, we have two big dogs as well. And they, t- um, like my grandkids live here with us. And they take part in the running in circles. So there's two oh, yes. kids and two dogs. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they yep. race around. But <laughs> cats hiding under the bed and that kind of thing. So, yeah, you've had it as, as long as you can remember. Um, oh, yes. As And how has your life, I mean, obviously you, you're, married or partnered up and you've got lots of children so um yep. it didn't stop you from doing that but how has emetophobia affected your life oh goodness well in lots point. of ways I, i'd say i have like high functioning anxiety is how they would put it they originally had diagnosed me with ocd but then i recently saw a new doctor and he's like no i don't think you have ocd i think you have high functioning anxiety with a phobia so mm-hmm. it's it's different because my whole life I thought, I, oh, I had OCD, but he's like, no, you don't have classical symptoms of OCD. You have what I think is just a specific phobia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess like I've gone through phases in my life where it wasn't as bothersome. And I think like kind of in elementary school, it was hard because like I said, my sisters were sick a lot. So anytime they got sick, I was afraid I would catch it. And then high school, it wasn't as big of a deal. I kind of went through areas where times when it was worse and then when it wasn't. And then college, I pretty much forgot about it because I wasn't really Mm -hmm. exposed to people vomiting, which is surprising, but I never went to parties and I never drank because I didn't want to vomit. Mm. (laughs) So I made sure like I never had that problem. And then I actually, so I'm actually a nurse too. I went to nursing school and good for you. Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm super good at dealing with vomit and I'm fi- I'm completely fine with it if it's not contagious. <laughs> it's only if okay. I can catch it. So, right. like I said, I, I it got worse than when I had my own kids because it's like, all right, now we're going to be dealing with it all the time and it's going to be contagious. So, mm-hmm. like I said, I've got that kind of high functioning level of anxiety where I handle it just fine externally, but inwardly it's like the constant constant battle in my head where I like play it over and over again and I freak out and I get the racing heart and my throat gets really hot and I I make myself Mm -hmm. feel like I'm going to throw up because I'm so anxious about it and I've tried 
I've tried everything. I've tried various medications. I even did hypnotherapy, which didn't right. do, it didn't do anything. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not good at letting people influence me, but I, I tried a couple sessions and that didn't work. And then I did, I was so excited. I found a counselor who was willing to do exposure therapy with me and we were actually mm-hmm. getting somewhere and then he left. He moved away. <laughs> now I haven't found Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. Like we were actually to the point where I was watching videos with sound and I was doing so well. I hated going to the uh-huh. sessions, but I was getting better. And then he right. moved away and now there's oh, just wow. no one in the area. And that mm. was kind of a whole spew of everything, but that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, kind of where I'm at right now is that like, I do really well with it externally but internally is where I freak out and my husband's super good with it because he knows like at first he was always like oh you know it's fine like if you get sick you'll be fine it's not a big deal don't worry about it but now he knows Mm -hmm. how I am and he's (laughs) he's so good about it I'm, I'm very thankful to have him yeah that's good that's 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 always nice to have somebody supportive when right when you're trying to you know, hang on to the edge kind of thing. Yep. Um, I want to know more about uh, you being a nurse. Now, Now, what sort of a, a nurse, like, do you work in a particular ward in a hospital, or what sort of nursing do you do? So I started out in labor and delivery, which is my passion. Love that. Love delivering babies. Did that for about two, almost three years. But then I had my, when I had my was pregnant with my third, we decided that the night shifts and the split shifts and the all over shifts and the 12 to 16 hour mm-hmm. shifts, it was just too much with all the kids. Right. So then I went and worked a little bit in pediatrics <laughs> with mm-hmm. kids that were sick all the time. But I only did that for a couple months because of the, the nature of the job. It was casual. And then eventually they just didn't have any more hours for me. So then I went right. back to labor and delivery and then again, same thing, because that's what I love. I love the labor and delivery mm. nursing, but that still was just too hard. So now I'm working at a surgery center with pre and post-op patients, but I haven't okay. been working since the start of the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, we decided to homeschool our kids. So now I'm oh actually gosh. not working as a nurse. I'm homeschooling full time and I'm still employed. I just haven't picked up any shifts. So oh, the... Boy. The 10-year plan for me would be to go back into nursing, but I want to get my doctorate and become a midwife and actually deliver babies and have my own practice. But that's when all of our kids are older. Right now, we decided it's more important for me to be home and teach them. And I guess like the pandemic kind of pushed us to homeschool. I'd I'd thought about it prior when my son was in kindergarten. And Mm then, you know, it just we didn't. And then the pandemic happened and then we're like, okay, we're doing it. And now we're homeschooling indefinitely. So. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, uh, I shouldn't say it's crazy. I don't mean it's crazy in the psychological sense. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's just busy. It's very, very busy. I would think to be trying to homeschool a couple of kids and the others aren't old enough to be in school and, and they're running around your master bedroom. Yeah. Yep. All the time. (laughs) that's uh good on you but you know then you see those shows where people have like 18 kids or something you know but uh and you think oh my gosh what what you know i don't know my grandmother had 11 i don't know how this 
happens, but I think <laughs> older kids get like so that they look after younger ones somehow. Yeah, that's gotta be how it has to work. I would think my oldest is yeah. very good at helping with. So I have, I, I said I have four. My oldest is the only boy poor guy and so he does a really good job of taking care of his younger sisters he's very helpful which i'm super thankful for and honestly having them home has been a huge help for my anxiety because okay oh my gosh last year when my son was in kindergarten he was homesick every other week every other week it was awful and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just you know stomach illnesses it was every illness but it was yeah. constantly like, I remember one time I took him to school and there was some a, a little kid throwing up in the corner. And I just looked at him. I said, honey, we're going home. <laughs> and I just took him home uh-huh. because I'm like, yeah. this is crazy. And the school that he went to was amazing. It was a, I don't know if you guys know of Waldorf education, but it's a different, yes. it's a different method of education. And so his school, it was really awesome. And it was mm-hmm. Waldorf education. It was out in the woods, but kind of along those lines they weren't really into cleaning or sanitation they weren't super big into Um, hand washing and so being a nurse too I was like they need to wash their hands more (laughs) and I actually ended up bringing them hand sanitizer for the classroom because they didn't have running water in his classroom and they didn't have the kids were I kid you not cutting up fruits and vegetables and preparing their own lunches which is amazing that's what I like about Waldorf but Mm -hmm. They weren't washing their hands before they did it. So he was sick like every other week. And he wasn't that sick when he was in public 4K in the Mm -hmm. public school district. Mm -hmm. But there, I think, because they just didn't wash their hands. So my anxiety level this year having them home, I mean, they still get sick, but it's drastically reduced. So that's another benefit to homeschooling for us is that I'm not, you know, they're not exposed to it every single day. Mm -hmm. They're still... They're still out in the community. My daughter does dance and my son does guitar lessons and we still go and see friends. So I'm not holding them up in the house just for my anxiety, but it's a, it's a right. benefit to have them home. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, I know when the pandemic hit and there was lockdowns, a lot of emetophobics online and stuff were saying, oh, this is a heaven for emetophobics, yep, you know, because everybody's that. home and stuff. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just wait, though. <laughs> Because one thing about avoiding is that once you once you can't avoid or you don't, it's really scary. Then it's like ten times worse. So oh yeah, you know, I mean, it does make your phobia worse in the end. But it it is nice uh, at the time. That's for right. sure. A couple of questions. One was you, you were talking about your sisters being preemies. Are they twins? They're actually triplets. And it, oh wow, that's a lot of babies. Yeah, there's okay. only two of yeah. them that survived though. So they were born, they're five years younger than me, and they were born three months premature at 28 weeks. And that was 26 years ago. So nowadays, like being born at 28 weeks, you know, it's still pretty young, but, But, you know, 26 years ago was a huge deal. And so my mom had triplets and they all three were born prematurely. But then one of them only survived a day. So I have, yes, I have twin sisters. (laughs) And I'm, yeah. so I'm one of three girls. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, and that would be, yeah, that would be, um, yeah, that would be a lot to cope with. So let's talk about your mom a bit because, you know, 
with her having a metaphobia, I mean, I think a few people, a, f- a fair few of our listeners have moms who sometimes they think they might have had a metaphobia or sometimes they they think that they may have been anxious. But what was your mom like? What kind of things did she do? Oh, she this is going to sound bad. She was awful. <laughs> and my mom herself wasn't awful, but her emetophobia right. was. So she admits to it. She's like, I feel responsible for your, for my emetophobia essentially. But right. my doctor has said a million times, like because of your anxiety and because of, you know, who you are, like you're predisposed. If you were exposed mm-hmm. to that, like it probably would have happened anyways. But right. she, I remember like, Anytime someone got sick, which happened a lot, like I said, because my sisters were preemies, they were immune compromised. I mean, they picked up everything, every possible Mm -hmm. illness. And Mm -hmm. one of them was just like, anytime she got sick, it was, it was just awful. Like she was horribly sick. And Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. mom would, I would always know when someone was sick because I would wake up and I would smell bleach and that, that Uh would be like, okay, shoot, someone is sick because she would bleach like the whole house. And because that's, you know, the only way to kill really infectious vomit. There's, you know, there's a couple ways, but bleach is the most effective, but it smells yeah, so the strongly. Of the most effective. Yeah, correct. It, is, it smells yeah. so strongly. And so I remember, and now I just, I don't like the smell of bleach. And oh, the crazy okay. thing is I didn't really get sick a lot as a kid. But Mm. I just remember, like, my mom was always so stressed out about it. And she would, you know, she'd make a big deal about it. She would, sometimes she would even cry because she was so scared of it. And I don't remember exactly, like, when I started to be afraid of it. But I know, like, it, like I said, I think it was the elementary years. But I remember her being terrified of it. And we'd always know when someone was sick. And then it was kind of like the waiting game Mm -hmm. and... Oh, yeah. And I don't want that to happen to my kids at all. I don't want them to have this fear. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, What kinds, what did your mom do? Did she leave the house? Um, Did she deal with it when she had to deal with it? Oh, yeah. Was your dad? She totally did. She, Mm -hmm. she did a great job with it. Like, I remember if we were sick, you know, she'd lay out sheets on the couch and we would we'd watch movies, you know, she'd give us flat Sprite. Mm -hmm. She would sit there and she'd take care of us. She'd even hold our hair back when we were throwing up. So she was like, Mm -hmm. she was right there with us. And Mm -hmm. she tried really hard not to show that she was anxious about it, but you could just, you know, I, I could just tell, I could pick up on it. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's the scary part when you're worried about your own kids, because it's like your kids can, sense when you're afraid right so i'm trying to be better to go ahead oh yeah i'm I'm trying to be super open with my kids and be like you know what guys mommy's because they're like well are you afraid of anything i'm like yeah I, i don't like to throw up i'm afraid of it and I'm trying to be open about that with them and that like when i'm anxious have have that dialogue with them so that it's not something that's a foreign concept to Mm -hmm. them so that they're like okay you know I see why mom is more anxious right now or whatever. And they're, they're really good. I've had a couple episodes, I think just postpartum with my hormones and stuff where I've gotten Mm. super nauseous and they're so cute. They'll bring me water. They come and rub my back. They're, they're really good about it. So I'm trying to be more open with them and not hide it. Cause I think my mom tried to hide it from me. Yeah. And I don't want to hide it from my kids, hoping that that'll be 
better. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard I think to know. it is better. I don't know. I mean, I haven't, there isn't a study on it done on it, but I did not hide it from my kids. I was too much of a basket case to even fake it. Um, yeah. But I always, I always talked to them about it. I always like afterwards, you know, when they got better, or whatever, or even, you know, after they vomited once or whatever, I don't remember. I would go to them and be like, now, mommy's afraid, but there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, this is, right. this is something that I'm trying to fix because I was always yes. trying to fix it. Oh, right. And, um, yeah, and there's nothing to be afraid of, but I'm just, and I think they just thought I was crazy or what I don't know they're like they're like 46 38 and 35 now or some numbers close oh, to wow. those um and they're you know none of them none of them got a metaphobia but they do say like my two younger daughters they do say that they when some kid like they've got kids of their own and they're like when some kid throws up they still like look around like where's mom you know like you know cuz worried that I'm going to be scared, oh, but I'm yeah. not scared anymore. But it's still, they can't stop that, like, jolt of electricity of, oh, no. You know? Right. Yeah. Where's mom? And, and and they said that sometimes they didn't feel well. And they'd be like, don't tell mom. Don't tell yep. mom. Or I've got That's head. what we've done, don't too. Don't tell mom. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was always afraid so. to tell my mom. But she has mm -hmm. gotten, she's gotten so much better. I, I don't know. Oh, we that's good. We have a. Uh, Zofran that we can take if we ever get really sick mm -hmm. and she never had that growing up like with us when right. we were kids and like I said my sister and my mom both when they get sick they get really sick like to the point where they mm -hmm. have to go to the ER and I think that's kind of where like why she started to get so nervous about it and now that she has that like she's not afraid it's insane mm. i i'm so used to seeing mm -hmm. her afraid all the time but now she's like oh it's fine because if i ever get so sick that i can't control it i have this as backup you know right. which is like yeah. oh and so i actually have mm. some now too and being a nurse it's like benefits because i i'm able to get some too for myself and my kids so if they're ever really sick we've been able to avoid the er which is great. Yeah. We've only had to go once for dehydration. And that was when my daughter was, she was only like four months old and she got it. She Ooh. caught sick from me and she wouldn't keep, oh you know, you can't get medicine in a four month old. And at that point it's like, well, yeah. you got to take them in. So that has yeah. been amazing to have. It's, I know some people would say it's like a crutch, but at the same time, mm -hmm. just knowing that we have it, if we need it mm -hmm. has been what I think is yeah. really beneficial because, you know, I've, I also will, I have it and I don't want to take it unless I'm actually sick because I have it prescribed right. for anxiety, yeah. but it's like, okay. I would rather try and work through my anxiety than take mm -hmm. a medicate, you know, take the Zofran for my anxiety. I'd rather save it for if I'm actually ill and, you know, uncontrollable. Right. And yeah. It's well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of metaphobics have Zofran in uh, in Canada and the UK. It's called Ondansetron, yep, which that's is what the it is here too. Generic name of it, and um, you know, some people abuse it. Like they take it when they're because they think all the time. They always think they're going to be sick because they're oh, so anxious and I'm like so that nauseous too. <laughs> all the time. So that's not 
helpful. And no. I mean, it is, it is what we call a safety behavior. And if you're trying to, if you're on a course working with a therapist, really trying to get over the phobia, eventually we would want you to give all your safety behaviors up. Right. Because that's the only way that you can kind of get to the point where you say, it doesn't matter if I get sick. It doesn't matter. I'm right. It makes no difference. Anyway, but we don't expect you to give them Ooh. up at the beginning. And you definitely don't want to give them up when you're, when you're not working on, on the, you right. know, on, on the phobia with somebody. So uh, I, I just think, uh, I want to thank you, Alex, for, coming on the podcast today. I mean, I, I could just sit here for another hour and just talk to you. You're amazing. You oh, are thanks. the most incredible, brave, courageous person with a metaphobia. You're so kind. Like, number one. Uh, no, but look, like you've got four kids. So some, <laughs> and my husband Some metaphobics <laughs> won't have any, like they won't even get pregnant. Secondly, you're a nurse. I mean, yep. my gosh. And, and I have <laughs> interviewed a, a couple nurses already. Um, and and that's just amazing. And just the fact that you are coping with and you're you're gonna, you know, have all these kids at home and homeschool and all of that. Like you you really are inspirational. Oh, thank um, you. I hope that you do find someone to because if to continue the therapy that you started there there are some people in Wisconsin. There are good people in Wisconsin, but um there's none in our area though. Find yeah. them. Yeah, but you know what? They all work on they all work on Zoom or Skype now. Oh do they? And they're gonna continue yeah, everyone does during the pandemic. And then ah. you know, most of the like psychology associations, I know that my association is like if you want to continue working online you can do that you know because it's worked out so well for people right um, and i've been doing it for the last 11 years so i can say that yeah it, it does work well certain types of therapy i think if you you know there's certain types of problems that people have that would be better face to face with a right. therapist in the same room but anxiety you know, it's, it's, it's hard for some people are too anxious to go into a like doctor's office and shut the door and be sitting oh, in yeah. there, you know, but, um, uh, one of my clients was so funny. She said, yeah, I can always like the hang up button is just like, I could always, I know I can always just hang up on you and never call you again. <laughs> she never did. She never did. She's, she did well, but, uh, anyway, Thank you so, so much for uh, talking about this and for, you know, being such an inspiration and plugging through as of you course. have. It's going to be really helpful to our listeners. So well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners and all of you who are subscribing each week. We're, we're getting about four to 500 downloads a week now. And I think I'm very proud of the whole emetophobic community for volunteering to be guests for me for this podcast. It's really exciting. Um, there are some costs associated with producing it. So if you'd like to chip in, you can buy me a coffee. Just scroll down in the notes and you can click buy me a coffee for five bucks or two dollars American or something. I don't know. A little more than that, maybe. I, I, I can't remember. Uh, I also encourage you for more information about emetophobia to go to my website at emetophobiahelp.org 
And if you're a therapist and listening and looking for resources to work with the metaphobics, you will find everything you need on that website under resources. Okay, back with you next week. Meantime, get vaccinated if you possibly can. And let's, uh, let's beat this pandemic.